listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. We have the pleasure of being joined in studio by a guest today, Agriculture Department Manager Joshua Wainwright. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me, Mr. Turgeon. And uh, it's really exciting to have you today because uh, this is a part of God's work that perhaps quite a few listeners don't know a whole lot about. Uh, the outdoor side of things, the more physical, manual labor side of it. And uh, I thought we'd just start today by uh, hearing some of your work history, specifically in the outdoors. Yes, sir. Well, I starting off, just I am thoroughly excited to be a part of God's work in this fashion. It was back in July that, uh, or June, actually, that Mr. Loker called me and offered me the position. It's something that is kind of second nature to me. I grew up on a farm. A lot of my family, they had farm farm history. My grandpa, from a very young age, I remember him uh, taking me out with him working on a dairy farm. So I always grew up around animals, cattle, taking care of chickens, gathering eggs, gardening. Uh, so yeah, in a way, just second nature. Uh, to me, I've always enjoyed being outdoors, loved nature. Uh, and then I've never had a job specifically in agriculture, but I've always loved it. Uh, when I was in college uh, several years back, all four years of my student work history were in the agriculture program. I remember working with uh, Colleen Rambo there and uh, learned a lot at that time. So it's something I've always loved. And I think specifically with the world tomorrow, it's something I've always been extremely excited about. You know, we're here at the end of 6,000 years of man society degenerating. And I've always looked forward to seeing what God's system is going to be like when it's finally enacted in the world tomorrow and just the, the ramifications that has on society. So we are here on the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus in Edmond, Oklahoma, and you also have the privilege of working pretty close by to your brother Justin, right? He works on landscaping. Yes. Do you get to see him much from day to day? Oh, yeah. Every, well, every day, really. And uh, he comes and helps me occasionally in the program. I was telling him recently, it's it's just really exciting. We both grew up you know, taking care of a small farm and working outdoors our entire lives and it's just really neat and uh, just a huge blessing to be able to both work together helping take care of God's property. Exactly. Yeah, that would really be uh, fun. I know I have a pretty close relationship to my brother too. I see him around, but definitely we don't work that close together. Maybe maybe it would be harder for me to focus if that were the <laughs> case too. So it's probably a, a good thing in that way. But I th think that's probably something that a lot of us thought, people who know you, whenever we heard that you were hired for this position, it was like, 
how could there be a more perfect fit than that? You've always had that experience. So you were saying you were working on, was it your parents' farm growing up? Yes. Okay. See, we, my grandpa had a dairy farm, so got some education there. I, I remember going out and helping him a few times with that. Uh, and then just growing up, it was much more small scale, but we always had a big garden, several different animals we were always taking care of. So it was just kind of our life living off the land a little bit. And that, that was in Georgia, which is yes. uh, a fake Democrat state now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very, very surprising. I, as soon as that happened, I knew it was fake because coming from there, I just know that that is not possible unless <laughs> right. there was cheating involved <laughs> exactly there, there's no way that that could be a blue island in the middle of a red <laughs> ocean from anyone who's ever been there would probably understand that so you said you've been working here since june and probably one of the first things a lot of us here noticed was the construction of an obstacle course right beh right be uh, behind the John Amos Fieldhouse, and you were pretty heavily involved in that, right? Yes. Uh, so that was my first project when I got hired. Uh, Mr. Stephen Flory asked for an obstacle course to be built. So uh, I have a lot of construction experience. Uh, so that was the first thing we dived into. Uh, Rob Glennon helped me quite a lot with that. We had several uh, student helpers because uh, just the nature of where it was, we had to dig a hole. Uh, quite a large number of holes by hand so we had a lot of help with that so we ended up digging i counted it up i, I want to say it was about a hundred post holes by hand wow. and this this oklahoma hard clay dirt <laughs> proved to be uh difficult to get through but we we finally conquered it. <laughs> right and you had just a few weeks before summer educational program for the young people to, yes to get it all done right so we were literally the concrete was hardening on the last post <laughs> the couple hours before the classes were about oh, wow. to take place so but it worked <laughs> we got it completed was there much overtime involved to make sure it all got done uh yes some uh but i think it the project changed a little bit as we were going just trying to find the best uh way to map it out for the campers and uh really happy with how it turned out actually so well it must it must feel really nice to be hired and then be put onto an urgent mission just like that <laughs> like right away like we really need you and this has to get done as fast as possible yeah I, I i like that and i'm learning that most areas of the work are urgent in nature uh like i'm i work in agriculture but i got pulled recently to handle paw props so i helped on that so we right and that was a very urgent thing we just put the dungeon together and we and they're having their first rehearsal uh this week i believe so it's a fast-paced work environment here exactly and for those who don't know you can get tickets to that musical about the apostle paul at armstrongauditorium.org there's shows coming up uh, this saturday night sunday afternoon and monday night and apparently it's a show like we've never seen the Philadelphia Church of God produced before. Uh, what were the kind of props that you had to work on for that? See, I specifically helped with the the dungeon okay. that Paul gets lowered into. Okay. So, is, is that on the stage the whole time or just yes. a part of it? Okay. Uh, so it's, 
I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it could be the biggest thing we've ever had on Armstrong Auditorium stage, wow. prop-wise. It's uh, about 8 feet tall, 8 feet wide, and 24 feet long. And just made out of wood or metal, or how did you have yes, to do it? Yes, wood. Okay. And uh, so just made to look like a dungeon, and Paul gets... Uh, or well, Mr. Malone's going to get lowered into it. Wow, <laughs> that is chains. So, so exciting! <laughs> yeah, that's so definitely I, we, we've never seen anything like that. I definitely want to go see it. <laughs> see the fruits of your labor in action there. <laughs> so we, we're talking about you being in agriculture, but now we're we're talking about an obstacle course and a dungeon. So what about the more agriculture focused parts? Well. Uh, so the jobs we've been working on with that, probably the biggest project was fencing in the new big pasture on the north side of campus. Uh, that's about 25 acres. Uh, so we completely fenced that in, uh, put a gate in there. That's going to probably change a couple times as we look to build a new barn uh, there in the future as well. Uh, we had, see, we Rob Glennon also helped me quite a lot on that. We built uh, quite a large number of metal H posts, uh, and then I believe he and I put in—I want to say it was almost 500 T posts for that because the fence is about a mile long, uh, all in all. So fencing, and then we ran a strand of barbed wire around the top, and we're, right now we're working on some electric uh, fence with that as well. So that's probably been the biggest uh, project. Uh, we have normal duties every day with feeding animals and watering and collecting eggs and cleaning eggs and uh, different normal things every day with that. And then that's been our main project for the other few hours we have in the day. Okay, so you have the day by day and then you have part of the day for the long-term projects as well. Yes. And how many animals of different kinds do we have on the campus? See, we have a few hundred chickens. Uh a few varieties. Uh, most of our chickens are golden buffs. Uh, they put out a, a fairly large egg. Uh, here lately, we've been getting about between 240 and 260 eggs a day. Wow. Uh, see, last month, the chickens laid, I want to say it was 7,600 eggs <laughs> for uh, the month of November. So it's it's been great because we've been able to provide all that the kitchen needs uh, for that, and it's given us enough to be able to provide some to the local area as well. Right. We have about 70 students or so living here on campus and going to Armstrong College, and so you're you're providing for them, and then also maybe if eggs are used for other meals for the staff members here, probably, yes. probably the kitchen will be taken care of in that way too. Uh, and then you said, so you said several hundred chickens, and then how many... We have we've butchered several cows uh, so far in the last few months, and then so we probably have about fifteen, sixteen cattle right now uh, for beef. We just received thirty-two Dorper sheep, uh, so those are out in the pasture now. And boy, they they sure look beautiful out there. I I don't know. It just it's so pretty driving by and seeing those sheep out grazing and on God's land. Exactly. It is really, there are so many parts of this campus that are beautiful, but I do think that going past and seeing animals and they all just look content out there, like they're obviously being treated pretty well and they mm -hmm. have, they have a good amount of 
space in their different areas. And that really does add just like a, a natural feel to the campus. And like, you know that you're in this small environment, you know everybody, but you also know that uh, things are being taken care of well, including even the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell a, an animal is happy when it's just lying down and just looks peaceful. <laughs> right. Because their they're belly's full and they're content. Well, even the animals were not really keeping track of on campus seem totally at ease like there's always deer out in the open and and yep. uh canada geese pretty much act like they own the place half the time <laughs> all of the all of the local hunters here are jealous because all the all the big bucks know where to go oh yeah during hunting it, season it really if we were <laughs> if we were trying to hunt out here it couldn't get any easier at all. <laughs> but they know it's safe somehow they know that there's nothing going to happen to them mm-hmm. out here um so uh, what about um, the fact that your job is pretty labor intensive? I mean, have you ever had much experience with like more of a mental labor job? And and what's the difference like between the two for you? Oh, Mister you know everything is a mental strain for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> no, I uh, I I would say most of the job is uh, physical. Um, one of the other jobs that we completed was uh, the planting and crimp rolling of the pastures in the tractor. So I spent about a week and a half just sitting on the tractor. And So you probably uh, are thinking a whole lot out yeah. there. I mean, there and, is maybe some mental exhaustion that goes into it, too. Yeah, and I, I would say agriculture in general does just give you a lot to think about. You can see why we're going to go back to more to that agrarian lifestyle in the world tomorrow it gives you so much to look into with god's mind just seeing how he's created these animals and these different things and just seeing how these animals operate and the way they do things the way things grow the way god designed things to grow and soil to work and the things we're trying to achieve on this campus it does give me a lot to think about that way and it's also interesting how uh trusting animals are i mean even if eventually we're going to use them as our meals i mean they still these animals just have not a care in the world there's clearly a difference between humans and animals you'd think if some of your friends are disappearing we humans would notice that <laughs> sheep and cows and chickens don't don't really pay any attention and it does show like god did make them to be under us we have dominion over the animals as the book of genesis says and uh it's just amazing how much can be done uh just with animals we see it on campus all the time uh they're they're easy to control and they're extremely useful we we benefit a lot from taking care of animals the right way oh yeah and it's uh, just so much for health too um that's one of our biggest goals in the program is just trying to provide as much nutrient-dense food as we possibly can for the kitchen and for the local area. Uh, Just as I said before, we're just at the end of 6,000 years here, and man has just degenerated God's gift to us with this land and our soil and our animals. So that's, uh, that's one of the reasons we see so many diseases and things just rampant because our food is just so degenerate one one thing that amazes me is 
you know, you can buy, if you could just buy solely organic food, it is, you know, better quality. But our soils are so degenerated and we have to use so many fertilizers and so many different man-devised methods to get our soil to produce food that even organic, it's it does not have the nutrients uh, that we need because our soils are so bad. So that's one of our big overarching goals in the program here is to build our soil, uh, get things back to the way God orchestrated it to where we can have more of that nutrient-dense food. Wow. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of something I was looking at over the weekend. There's a new book available at thetrumpet.com titled The Eternal Has Chosen Jerusalem. And the founder of KPCG, Mr. Gerald Fleury, was writing about Second Chronicles 36, verse 21, where basically God is telling the Jews, uh, Judah, that because of them violating the land Sabbath, that was a big reason why they ended up going into captivity in Babylon. So it just shows how seriously God takes the way we treat the land, maybe the way we treat the animals, uh, you know, clean and unclean meats, like which ones we actually choose to use for food. Um, but but God does demand that he is scrupulously obeyed, as Mr. Flurry put it in that book. Uh, there are a lot of different laws that maybe we would overlook because they're more on the physical side. And yet here, here a whole nation actually went in, into captivity because they weren't given the land a break every seven years like they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something that you see in the world today. There's a lot of different farmers that, that get things closer to being right to the way God orchestrated it according to his laws, but none of them, none of them go the distance as far as God wants his laws to be obeyed. So they can't ever reach that full potential. If you had to boil it down, it's just simply, it's God's way of give and get. Farmers today, we see the farming industry just based on get and never giving back to God's soil. And that's what we're trying to do here. I don't know. I was driving to the feast in Arizona and it's, I saw a, a, a typical feedlot you know, where most of our beef comes from that you go to the store and buy. The smell was just absolutely horrendous for miles. But you drive by and you see just hundreds and hundreds of cows in these pens starting from when they're born, just young baby cattle, on up to about ready to butcher. And these cows are just in mud pens that's their entire lives. They've never seen a blade of grass in their life and they're fed grain every day. That's, that's where a lot, that's how a lot of our nutrient food is produced. These disgusting environments because it's cheap, because it's easy and it's all a way of get. Right. And when it comes to even just trying to get crops out of the land, so many farmers are forced to provide for tens of thousands of people. This is a nation mm-hmm. of hundreds of millions of people, and there's so few farmers. They have these vast tracts of land, and they probably couldn't even imagine obeying a law like the Land Sabbath, where maybe a portion of their land every year is put on that seven-year cycle, and that's a huge part of their land that they would think 
they couldn't even use uh, to make crops and make money. So it would be kind of like a test to their faith. Maybe they would they would think, well, if I don't use pesticides, if I don't really work the land to death, I won't be able to keep up with the demand. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's hard when it's it's on such a mass scale where the animals, like you said, get treated worse. The land gets treated a lot worse, and it's not like we are environmental activists here but we definitely understand that god put us in charge of the earth and we're supposed to dress it and keep it and treat it well Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously we treat humans to even a higher level but that doesn't mean we neglect the animals and the land at all yeah i it's a beautiful system and that just the way god orchestrated it that's that's another one of our big goals in the program is just developing Develop, we have an agriculture class here on the campus, but now we're going to have the opportunity to have more in-field research and in-field participation from the students because the students and the young people, they're going to be the ones implementing these agriculture laws in the future in the world tomorrow. Just recently, we had the kindergarten uh, and first grade class out to help me gather eggs. So I don't know how many of them have ever even been around a chicken. So <laughs> not many probably. So, and here soon, that's, that's the way it's going to be for everyone. So that's just another big goal is just getting our students more involved, seeing where our food comes from and trying to just really base everything on God's agriculture laws. That is really an inspiring future to look forward to uh, you mentioned earlier uh, before we came on the air just there there are a variety of predators that come after the animals that we have what are the types of uh, predators maybe that are attacking the animals out here in this area oh well i'd say most of our predators come after the chickens we have uh, possums skunks raccoons uh, i haven't come across one yet but bobcats here dogs coyotes um so all of those things come after the chickens uh i would say our probably my biggest concern is with our sheep now and that's something that if i could ask people to pray about is a simple house dog turns into a vicious predator with sheep and for for some reason you know a wild animal they'll come in and you know kill something and eat it but dogs will come in and they'll kill every sheep that you have just for the fun of it. So that's something we're we're trying to do everything we can to prevent that with the fence and electric wire and any measure that we can. But that is a concern and uh, something that we certainly need God's help uh, with, too. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing for, for people to pray about, just that the animals are protected. Because if they're not, obviously, it would be a waste and it would cost God's work a lot of money. Um Obviously, there is a security uh, department here on campus. I was joking the other day. Maybe we should have a separate shift just to protect the sheep (laughs) out there because if they are just going to try to be under assault by these dogs. I mean, isn't it true that um, for some reason dogs can can smell the scent of sheep from like over 10 miles away at certain times? Oh, I'm sure that's true. And uh, I would say especially during lambing season when you have a lot of the ewes giving birth. Uh, to multiple lambs, uh, that that will be the time that uh, will be the most uh, crucial for protecting those animals. Wow! Yeah, that's 
they would they would come from all around. I was actually bitten in the leg by a dog when I was younger. Not too young. I was a teen, and I probably somewhat deserved it anyway. But I've never trusted dogs that much to begin with. But a lot of people, isn't it amazing? Like you have these beloved family pets, and uh-huh. and, and you like they're part of their family almost, and then. If they're around the sheep, it's like they just absolutely switch into a different mode. It's mm-hmm. pretty wild to think about that that's how they transform. Yeah, it does make you look forward to the world tomorrow in so many ways. Just Even just the predator aspect, we won't have that anymore. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I think we've mentioned a little bit throughout just what it would be like in the wonderful world tomorrow. There is also a booklet at thetrumpet.com also for free. It's called the wonderful or the world tomorrow what it will be like and that's by herbert w armstrong is it the wonderful world tomorrow or the world tomorrow yeah the wonderful world tomorrow uh what it will be like and that does talk about agriculture mr armstrong always wrote and spoke extensively about agriculture it's amazing how important that is to god and mr armstrong he's our predecessor he actually went into kenya and helped found this university of agriculture and technology and the reason i thought that was interesting he did this in the 1970s and 80s but he was actually putting it into practice it wasn't like we just talk about okay this is what it'll be like in the future and here's the problems today it's like we're actually trying to provide examples of how it's supposed to work even right now Mm -hmm. and that's that's what we're doing here on campus too yes i I completely agree. One of my favorite quotes from Mr. Armstrong in the World Tomorrow booklet about agriculture is he talked about our the soil and what it'll be like, and that's what we're trying to do here. He wrote uh, just uh, an example of a news headline in the World Tomorrow, and it said, Rapid increase in food production. All records broken for inf- increased food production. Agriculture authorities reveal abolition of artificial and synthetic fertilizers and return to nature's laws of soil enrichment resulting not only in bumper crops but vastly improved quality and flavor and that's uh, like we've talked about that's one of our main goals is improving uh, this soil and uh, when you think about it we're going to have to start growing a lot more variety making the desert blossom as a rose and just one thing i've think, thought about is you know what does a what does a lion need to graze on right. to get the sustenance that it needs, uh, as well as many other animals? Right. These animals that, like we were talking about, are pretty vicious today, and yet their nature will be a lot different where they're going to be feeding off of the land, too. I mean, that's just such an exciting uh, thing to talk about. Well, we've really enjoyed having you on today. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate our guest today, Agriculture Department Manager Joshua Wainwright. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And this has been Behind the Work. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 1130 a.m. Central Time. 